It's your coach, Coach Cam. We talking hoops, baby. We talking hoops. Uh-huh. Coach Cam on the podcast. We talking hoops. Don't you leave them open. Don't you know that coach can shoot? We talking hoops all day. That's what we do. That's NBA, D1 to D2, AAU, D3, G League, overseas, highlights, offers, transfers that want to leave. We talking hoops, that's every week With Coach Cam dropping gems for the hoop fiends uh, And to my fans with the hoop dreams Stay shooting, stay hooping Buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops Kid, kid, we talking hoops What up though, it's your coach Who knows hoops the most, Coach Cam This episode number nine Feeling so very fine and we back for another episode. Of course, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals, talk a little bit college hoops, discuss uh, NBA free agency, the draft, a little bit of college basketball. You know how we do, man. We talking hoops. And the one thing that I want to uh, talk about with you guys and explain why I I enjoy doing this podcast almost once a week in between episodes, I bump into somebody and they say, man, I, I love your podcast. Or I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And when I first started, I thought it was just me talking to, you know, the wall, basically. And it's kind of grown to the fact where I've got people that, that look forward every Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, because, you know, I've been I'm on a different kind of grind. So it's kind of hard to get them out every Tuesday. This one will be going out on Wednesday. But it's, it's, it's really refreshing to know that people actually listen to this podcast. So shout out to you. Shout out to you for taking your time, your 50 to 70 minutes that you could be doing uh, anything or, and listening to whatever. And, and you're listening to me, Coach Cam, the coach who knows who's the most. So we're going to jump right into the NBA finals. And like I've been saying on this podcast, I was wrong. I was totally wrong about the Toronto Raptors. And the take that I'm going to take on the NBA Finals is a little bit different. You know, everybody wants to talk about the Warriors and the injuries. Give Toronto's their props. Give them their props. They beat the Warriors at their game. They, all five starters, was getting busy. You know, Kyle Lowry was phenomenal. He wasn't just an average player like I called him a few weeks ago. Uh, he was phenomenal. He would, This is the Kyle Lowry that made the USA team. And he's the highest paid Raptor. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. He making 30 milli. What? Whew, you making 30 milli. You better be performing in the finals. I guess that's why people were so hard on him because he was making so much money. I had no idea the highest paid Raptor was Kyle Lowry. And we're going to talk about NBA salaries and some guys declining options and getting new deals. A little bit later in the podcast, but give Toronto their props, man. Give them their props. There were people that picked Toronto before the series, before the injuries happened. Well, KD was already injured going into the series, but you know, shouts out to the people that that rolled with the Raptors. Drizzy got them one, one for the six. You know, rolling through the six with the chips, with the dip. You, you heard? I want my chips with the. That was kind of lame. I, I can't. I gotta admit. Drake, you could have kept the chips with the dip, but hey, they won the title. When you t when you win the title, you can talk smack. 
And the thing about them winning the NBA championship, Kawhi has kind of, his image has changed now. Just a year ago today, you know, they were talking about him being a bad teammate and him going against Pop and disagreeing with the Spurs medical staff. Now you're starting to see the importance of a medical staff and what that means when somebody gets cleared before they're ready to go out there. Now, KD felt fine. He was cleared by everybody. He got multiple opinions to go back out there on the floor. But as a competitor, there's nothing that's going to keep a guy like KD from playing. And he got cleared to play. And not only did he get injured, but he ruptured his Achilles. Those, that's the career killer. That's the career killer. As Isaiah Thomas. Ask Dominique Wilkins. I mean, it took him six seasons afterwards. But, I mean, it's the career killer, man. Hopefully, Boogie can get back to normal with it. But, I mean, it's a tough injury to come back from. And those medical staffs are very important. So, we're starting to see that come prevalent in the NBA on the decisions of whether to come back or play or not. And that had a major effect on the series. Not the fact that he came back and got injured and we're praying for KD and a speedy recovery, just the fact that the dynamic of the Warriors not having him and have to rely so heavily on Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and then bam, Klay Thompson goes down. And it cost him a championship. But I've said on this podcast for a couple weeks now, the Warriors ran out of gas. They ran out of gas. They've played an extra season more than everybody else. This was the Raptors' first finals this is their first time playing more than 90 games in the season this was the fifth time in a row the Warriors had to play at least a hundred games it takes a toll unfortunately you get injuries when you start adding up miles on your car like that I mean eventually it's gonna break down so we're gonna pray for a speedy recovery for Klay Thompson and KD but the Raptors did not care they didn't care about no injuries. They didn't care. They went out. They had they had home field advantage. They had the best record in the NBA, home court advantage. And they won the series. Props to the Raptors for beating the war. And they beat them three times in Oracle. Three times. It's not a whole throughout this run that the Warriors have had, this dynasty run. And they still all are dynasties. Just because they lost this year does not mean they are not a dynasty, okay? They are still a dynasty. Four out of five is pretty good. And they're going to take a year off next year, and they're going to be right back to it. Because trust me, they're not playing. They're going to be back. They're going to make a splash uh, signing over the summer. They're not just going to sit back and just and just chill while KD and Clay are injured. It's not going to happen. They will be back. They are still a dynasty. I'm still sticking to that. But the Toronto Raptors won the NBA Finals because they had a little bit more grit than the Warriors. They played better basketball. At the end of the day, the Raptors played better basketball. Guards made shot. Their bench was effective. They got stops when they needed to. And you got the superstar sealed a deal. That's what superstars are supposed to do. They're supposed to seal the deal. And that's what Kawhi Leonard did. He just sealed the deal. His, his games weren't loud. He wasn't dropping 40 and 50. He was getting his 30. And in a couple of those games, it took him a while to get there. It's like, all right, first quarter, I'm going to facilitate. Second quarter, I'm kind of, you know, pick my spots. And third and fourth, when it's money time, let's go. Give me the rock, move out the way. 
So Kawhi Leonard, he deserved the MVP. He deserved to win the NBA championship. And hey, he could go off in the sunset and say, you know what? I got traded to Toronto. I didn't decide to come to Toronto. I got traded here. So now that I got traded here and you guys are trying to keep me, that gives me the option to go somewhere else, to get back to the West Coast, to get back to L.A. and be with the Clippers because he's not going to play with LeBron. Kawhi ain't playing with LeBron. He ain't going to L.A. He's not going to the Lakers. If he does come back and go L.A., it will be the Clippers. I can see the Clippers signing Kawhi Leonard, and people not having an issue with that because he was traded to the Raptors. He's not being disloyal to the Raptors. He won a, he won a chip for them. I got y'all your first final, your first championship, and hey, I did what I was supposed to do. Now it's time to get paid because there's no reason why Kawhi Leonard is making $20 million a year and Kyle Lowry is making $30 million a year. That is a problem. All right? So for you to re-sign Kawhi, you're going to have to give him more than 30. You're going to have to give him 32, 33. You got to make him top five paid in the league if you keep him. And if he goes somewhere else, he's going to get at least 30. So, But he, you can't, he can't pay for $20 million. I'm sorry. When I list the guys that's making $25 million or more in the NBA, you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, I did not know he was making that much money. Yes. Lot, a lot of money. So uh, I can see Kawhi picking to uh, pick another destination to play next year. And I wouldn't be mad at it. He has that option. It's a different game. These guys are different. It's a lot of money on the table. And I would not be surprised if Kawhi says bye bye. See you later. So Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors for winning the NBA Finals this season. I thought it was a really good season. I enjoyed watching. And, you know, now we roll into the draft and free agency, and we're going to talk hoops 24-7, 365. I ain't changing. Just because the Finals is over, that means we just change the tune. We pick a different topic. We talk about something else. So, you know, one thing, and I just, you know, mentioned it before, just talking about the Raptors and their salary situation. They can basically bring everybody back. Now, Kyle Lowry got to take a pay cut. He, he making too much money. You know, he's the highest paid Raptor. You, in order for to get Kawhi back, you got to give Kawhi, you, you got to make him the highest paid Raptor. He's got to give 30 plus. But they're only risking to lose. The only other free agent they have is Danny Green. And, I mean, Danny Green at $10 million, I mean, that's kind of, uh, I mean, I think you could get a rookie that can bring what Danny Green could bring to the table. I'm going to just be honest with you. Just looking at what Fred Van Vliet brought to that team and what Powell brought to that team and Siakam brought to that team, I think they could get a young a young guy that maybe has some question marks in the draft that's just a pure shooter and, you know, can be ineffective on that team for that $10 million that you're giving Danny Green. Let let Danny Green roll. We good. We good. Thanks for bringing Kawhi with you. Uh, but, but I'm going to need that 10 mil player. I'm going to need that 10 mil. All right? And when you talk about their salary, number one is Kyle Lowry. Number two is Mark Gasol. He making $24 million a year. Man, that's a lot of ducats. That's a lot of ducats, and he's gonna have to get buckets. So, and then third is Kawhi. Kawhi was at twenty million. I mean, that's just 
That's crazy to me. What's even more crazy to me is the come up Fred Van Vliet had. He went undrafted. All right. He did not get drafted. His rookie contract was for 500K. All right. Half a million. That was his rookie contract. His second year contract. All right. He went from 500K to 1.3. I want you to guess what Fred Van Lee made this season. Fred made $8 million this season. Eight. He went from making a half a mil to $8 million in two and a half years. That's for an undrafted rookie. That's crazy. And you know what? He's worth every penny. And he might get a re-up. I wouldn't be surprised if the boy get a re-up. I mean, if Danny Green is worth 10, I mean, the way Fred VanVleet played in the finals, he was cooking the chef. All right? The chef wasn't cooking. The chef was eating. All right? All right? The guards, Lowry, Fred VanVleet, they was cooking the chef. Straight up. Steph couldn't guard him. All right? Now, you want to talk about Steph Curry being the best player in the world or one of them? He's got to get better. He has defensively. He's awful. He is awful. He can't guard his own shadow. Right now, if Steph Curry wanted to play one on one with me, and I mean, I would say this just anyway, I'm giving Steph a bucket. I'm giving him a bucket, bucket. And he and I ain't alone. Fred VanVleet, when he saw Steph was on him, man, they eyes got wide. Like, oh, I'm about to go to work on dude. Like, he can't guard me, and that's not a good thing. So Fred VanVleet. That's why, you know, sometimes when you, when you give a guy a big deal like that, a guy that's undrafted, got a chip on his shoulder, and you give him and you you give him some money, that gives him a little bit more confidence. That makes you, you know, you let him know that you believe in his game. GMs can give confidence to players by giving them good contracts. You give me a good contract, well, hey, I might play a little better, or I might play better in order to achieve a better deal. In Fred's case, it was the other way around. They paid him a little bit more. I mean, going from half, going for half a million to eight in two seasons is nuts. It really is. That means that the Toronto Raptors saw this before everybody else. That means that they were not surprised about what he did in the finals. Fred Elite got a, a, a vote for finals MVP. Now, I ain't going to go that far. He wasn't, he wasn't playing like that. But he was pretty phenomenal. I mean, if Fred VanVleet doesn't play like that, it's that series goes seven, and it's a different ball game. And I hate using ifs when you start talking about the NBA Finals, and I'm not going to do no ifs. The Warriors got beat, point blank, period. The Warriors got beat. The Raptors beat them. They played better basketball, and they beat them. And Fred VanVleet was one of the reasons why they did beat them the way that they did. So now you get to ask the question, like, does, does Kawhi leave? Does he leave? I think he does. I think Kawhi leaves, and he goes back west to the Clippers. And, you know, the story goes off from there. Uh, he's not one of those guys that, believes he has to stay or he has a legacy to build or i mean he lives in his own tunnel he's got his own little bubble that he lives in. he's just a, he's a different cat like i've said before and i would not be surprised if he goes out west and he lands with the clippers the clippers have the max space slotted for him and with the guys they, they'll put around him you put a pit bull like like pat beverly around him i mean the clippers 
they got some pieces, man. They got some young, hungry guys that, you know, they ready to get at it. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi fits really well with that roster. So does he leave? I think he does. I think he leaves. And Toronto is going to say thank you for the championship. And you go about your way. No, no ill feelings. We're not going to say anything bad about you not resigning because you didn't have to. You didn't have to come. You could have came to Toronto and say, you know what? I'm not playing here. I'm not playing here. I know I got traded. Trade me again. He could have did something crazy like that, which he didn't. So the came in, So the big news role, this week he won the championship. AD and now he's out. Gets traded to the Lakers. The Lakers gave up a lot to get Anthony Davis. A lot. I mean, you gave up heart. You gave up ball. You gave up the number four pick. You gave up future draft, first round draft picks. I mean, they gave up a lot to get AD. And, you know, if the Lakers, the Lakers always made moves like that. This That's what the Lakers do. You trade for Will Chamberlain. You trade for Shaquille O'Neal. You make the draft day trade for Kobe Bryant, which to this day, Charlotte should be smacking themselves in the face three times for. Like, how do you trade a young Kobe Bryant? I mean, that's just what the Lakers do, man. The Lake show. They get the biggest names in the game, and now they ready to roll. So now LeBron has got the biggest piece, and they have opportunity to bring more players back. I mean, the roster is kind of depleted now. They, they for sure didn't put Kyle Kuzma in the deal. Uh, they gave away Ingram, too. I mean, they gave away a lot to get AD, in my opinion. I think it's going to hurt the Lakers. I don't think they're going to have enough money to get another high-level player and the amount of players that you need to come off the bench to be a championship team. You need you need more than just LeBron. Year 17 LeBron and a very good AD. You need a little bit more than that. Okay, so does Rondo come back? Does Lance Stevenson come back? I mean, I probably will let both of those guys go. Uh, not a huge fan of KCP in LA. Just doesn't fit with LeBron. LeBron's going to need some shooting. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Carmelo Anthony pop up in L.A. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's got fresh legs, took the year off. He only played 10 games. And that jump shot looks real fire in them workouts at that little lifetime, whatever fitness center he be working out in. And I don't know why people be like, oh, yeah, Melo grinding. No, he's, he's shooting some jumpers. All right. That workout ain't no different than my workout when I'm getting my shots up. I mean, it ain't, it ain't like he just going through something crazy. All right, so let's just stop that narrative. Oh, Hoodie Mello is grinding. No, he just he's working on his, he getting some shots up. All right, and that's all to that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in a place like L.A. because they're going to need some shooting. They're going to need to be able to space the floor. You know, LeBron needs guys to stretch the floor for him so he can get to the rim, and A.D. can do his inside-outside game. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Melo in L.A., but L.A. gave up a lot to get A.D. And now New Orleans, you're going to look up and New Orleans is going to be that team that you, they're going to be like the Denver Nuggets. You got a bunch of young kids out here. You got Lonzo Ball running the point. All right. You got Zion with the four pick. You can possibly get R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish, one of those two. 
All right. I mean, you can get another high level player with the fourth pick or you can pack. They've got the fourth pick, the eighth pick. And I think like the ten, they got like three like lottery picks so they can. I would what I would do if I'm the Pelicans. I'm sending four and eight to the Knicks for number three. I'm bumping up and I'm getting RJ. Give me RJ with Zion and Lonzo and let's roll, man. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. And you see that that Julius Randle, Julius Randle declined his option. He like, man, I seen, I seen this before. I'm straight, I'm straight on this, man. I, I, I you know, I was good when I left LA. I averaged 21 and eight without y'all, and y'all about to come over here? Hey, nah, man, I'm going somewhere else. And I don't blame him. Julius Randle and Zion, they kind of, kind of got the same game a little bit. Zion's a little bit more athletic. Shouts out for RP3 for being the first guy that says Zion Williamson reminds you of Julius Randle. All right. He said it first. I'm just reiterating it. All right. And so Randle was like, I didn't seen this story before. I'm out of here. And the Pelicans got the Pelicans definitely got better. And when you have, you know, uh, a major player like that that doesn't want to be a part of your team, you got to get a lot for him. And boy, they got a lot for him. They got a lot for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans have a good enough roster to compete in the West, to be a playoff team at the very least, to be a playoff team. They got some young pieces. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do. And L.A., who else you going to bring in? Okay, you got A.D., you got LeBron. Well, well, who else you got? What else you got up under your sleeve? All right? Kyrie to L.A. ain't happening. I'm telling you, Kyrie not going back to play with LeBron. Y'all can try that narrative if you want to. You'd be like, oh, they brushed over their past issues and they're over it. Kyrie ain't going back to LeBron. He ain't going back to being little bro. Right? He got the taste of being big bro, to being the leader, being the superstar. And it wasn't really that for Kyrie in Boston. It was the fact that Kyrie is a ball-dominated guard and Brad Stevens is not a ball-dominated guard offensive type of coach. He wants ball movement. He wants player movement. He wants cutting. He wants screening. That ain't Kyrie Irving's game. Kyrie Irving's game is rim to rim, fast break, ball screens, ball dominated. I'm running offense. I'm making the decisions. I'm making the plays. And you can see how that damaged Boston as the season went on. Okay? Kyrie Irving being so ball dominant in a ball movement offense, it was not a good fit. It just wasn't. And you can see when Kyrie got hurt and he went on a run, and it was like, man, is Boston really better without Kyrie? And for the offense they run and the coach they have? Yeah, they are. Kyrie Irving don't fit in that offense. Okay, he wants to go back out east. He wants to stay. Well, I'm sorry. He wants to stay out east. I mean, he's a New Jersey boy, you know, with the St. Patrick's. And he wants to play for the Nets. And I wouldn't be surprised if he signed with the Nets, but he ain't going to the Nets alone. All right. You're not about to see Kyrie Irving with D'Angelo Russell. And, and well, Alan Crabb just got traded, you know, Karis LeVert and those dudes. He's going to have to he gonna have to bring somebody else with him. I don't know about KD. Maybe it's a Jimmy Butler. All right. Maybe it's a Bradley Bill. Something like that. I don't know. But Kyrie ain't going to L.A. 
He ain't going to L.A. And if it's just LeBron and A.D. In the, with the Lakers, uh, I mean, are they winning the championship next year? No. Will they be in the playoffs? Maybe. Will you get a rejuvenated LeBron? You probably will. You see him on his eyes. Hey, look. I guess money can't buy you love, but it definitely can buy you a better hairline. Because LeBron James' hairline looks better than ever. I mean, how did he get that hair? He got waves now? He feeling good. He got AD. He messed around and bought some waves. Like, man, I need to join the wavy movement, man. Go ahead, give me the implants. Give, give me the Chia, the Chia Pet Express. Whatever whatever he got, whatever type of surgery, because there's no way that's, that's not his hair. I, I will refuse to believe that that is LeBron's natural hair. It ain't. I'm sorry. It's not. He bought that. I want to know where he got it from because I'm trying to give me one. But chances are I can't afford it. So, ball head coach Cam it is, man. I can't afford no haircut. I've saved so much money in my lifetime going bald. I mean, I've been bald for about 19 years now. My mom said I was a fool when I did it back in 2000. But, man, them $20, $25 haircuts, man, yeah, right. I ain't doing it. And LeBron, I don't know what he paid, but he paid a hefty ticket to have waves but that's just what the la lakers do man they make headlines they make big moves and it's exciting to see what they're gonna do all right now that magic's gone you got some other people making some decisions and you know let's see what they're gonna do but they're gonna have to add more pieces than just ad all right does kimba go to la I don't think Kimball goes to L.A. either because Charlotte can pay him more money. Charlotte is a nice city. Y'all sleeping on Charlotte. Charlotte is the new Atlanta. A good friend of mine lived in Charlotte for a number of years, and he used to tell me all the time, man, Charlotte is where it's at. The weather's beautiful. All right? You got the business, business is booming down there. And Kimball is a fool to turn down a max deal to take less money to go to L.A. Hey, man, young man. Hey, hey Kimball, if you listen to this podcast, you probably don't. Because it's very far from your spectrum. But if you do, get your money, young fella. Because you don't have the opportunity to get multiple max deals. I think he's itching on 30s, close to 30, 20, 27, 28. He's getting close to it. You don't get multiple max. Get your money. Stay in Charlotte and try to get some of them guys to come play with you. And even if they don't, you good. You good. You didn't made it. You done made it. You done made your 200 million. Now, people say, well, if he takes less, you know, once you get a lot of money, you know, there's no difference. No, there is a there's a big difference between 150 million and 200 million. It's a it's 50 million dollars. I need my money, man. I need my money. Like Randy Moss said, hey, man, straight, straight cash, homie. That's, hey, give me my money. And if I'm Kimball, I ain't going to L.A. to join the LeBron train. I'm going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to get filthy rich, filthy rich. And I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to go out to L.A. Because he ain't an L.A. dude. Like, that ain't, that ain't even how his game playing. New York City ball player. Like, like, no, stay out east. Make your impact out east. Don't be going to get your money, Kimball. Don't be trying to go L.A. to join LeBron because I just I, I really do not like that narrative that LeBron needs all these pieces to be great. 
He need all these superstars. He need this trade to happen. I think I saw uh, a meme not too long ago. Since LeBron, the last was it last ten years, LeBron's has been involved in like fifty trades or something. Cra it's like fifty transactions or something crazy. But like, come on, man, let LeBron play a couple years and then retire. Stop joining his team to try to win a championship, man. That narrative is old. Tired of seeing it. It's time for somebody else. All right? Stop joining the LeBron train. He good enough by himself, ain't he? He the greatest ever. They tried to call him. Who was that that tried to call him the greatest ever on ESPN? And Shaq looked at him like, hey, my man. Like, like, come on. You don't, you don't want me to walk off to you. I think it was Ryan Hollins called LeBron James the best ever. Man, if y'all don't miss me with that, that's y'all millennials. Okay, LeBron is y'all MJ. I get it. MJ was our MJ. We had the opportunity to live through MJ, just like y'all getting the opportunity to live through LeBron. But don't you dare say LeBron is better than MJ. And don't you dare say LeBron is better than Kobe. But that's just me. All right? Stop, put, stop disrespecting Kobe by putting LeBron over Kobe. Stop disrespecting the, the, the GOAT. All right? The millennial GOAT. Kobe Bryant. Stop. Don't stop doing that. All right. Stop saying, hey, show mama some respect, please. And thank you. So that's just how free agency rolls. And, you know, there there's some other questions that I have with free agency. What is Boogie Cousins? What is he going to do? Is he going to resign with the Warriors? I think Boogie resigns with the Warriors for the uh, four to five million that he had this year. And he comes back, he tries to get back to 100% healthy. And if he gets back to 100% healthy and he's a first-team all-NBA uh, center, uh, guess what? The Warriors will be right back where they were this year. Take a 100 I'm just, just think about this. If you take a 100% Boogie Cousins, 26 and 12, and you take Curry, who's you know, arguably one of the best guards in the game. And by March, hopefully, Clay can come back from his ACL by March. And whatever piece that they add to that. Now, here's another team that might that might fit with Carmelo too. I can see I can see Carmelo fitting with the Warriors or the Lakers. I because he gonna need some help. They got a couple guys going down. Hey, so Boogie, if he's able to get back to the Boogie, the Boogie that we all know hey that's that'll be dangerous so i think it's just it's in his best interest to just stay in golden state and to try to get back healthy because if he tries to go somewhere else and they're expecting a 100 healthy boogie covens from the go they're not going to get it and you have to allow that injury the time it takes to come back uh because you can see when he was feeling good in the series. He had a couple good games, but he couldn't sustain it. He just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. It was too soon. I'm glad he didn't re-injure uh, his, his injury, and he's got to get back 100%. Um, and if you have an opportunity to go to Showtime and watch the resurgence of DeMarcus Cousins, it's pretty cool. You see him go through the injury, the rehab, the interviews, you know, what his thoughts are on the situation is pretty cool for somebody going through an injury like that. So 
I think Boogie resigns. I think KD resigns. I've been saying that for weeks now. I don't think KD is going to leave. I think this injury gives him the reason to opt in to his contract because he's not going to play next season anyway. So why would you go to a whole new team, a whole new roster to not play? Stay where you at, make 31.5, and then decide if you're healthy, all right, whether I'm a bounce or roll. Because if he gets back healthy and Boogie gets back healthy and Clay gets back healthy and Steph is Steph and whatever piece they add, because they're going to add somebody, KD might say, you know what? Let's give another shot at it. You know what? Let me sign a one a one year deal for sixty million. I can see KD doing that. He's like, you know what? Because after next year, he's gonna be a free agent. So you know what? You got to pay me, make me the highest paid player in the game, which means I'm gonna make about forty. So give me a one year deal for forty two million, and let's try to win another chip, and then we can talk afterwards. I can see KD doing that. Now. You didn't hear that take nowhere else, but the coach can. We talking hoops podcast, baby. I think KD stays. I think he does. And I'm sticking to it until he leaves. But his injury, I think that leads him into him staying because he ain't going to do nothing. You're going to sit around and make $31.5 million, just like Derrick Rose did in Chicago when he tore a second ACL. Missed a whole year and got $30 million. And I think KD does the same. So we talked about Kemba Walker, about him staying in Charlotte. But what about Kyrie? Does Kyrie leave Boston? Boston is already preparing to lose Kyrie and Al Horford. All right. They don't think they can bring either back in free agency. And I'm really not mad at it. I mean, you're paying Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is the sixth highest paid player in the NBA. Okay. And there were times this year where he came off the bench. That ain't going to cut it. And the only way for Gordon Hayward to flourish in a Brad Stevens offense is without Kyrie Irving. And I said it first. Kyrie Irving is going to leave Boston and Gordon Hayward is going to flourish. We're going to get that all-star Gordon Hayward that we're accustomed to seeing because he doesn't have a ball-dominant guard running the point. So Kyrie is out of there. Does he join Brooklyn? Does he go to L.A.? I don't know. Not sure where he would go, but I would like to see him out of Boston. It's where I want to get. That didn't work. Kyrie should not be in Boston. Okay, get him back. So is LeBron back now? He got all his pieces. Is he back? To be quite honest, I don't really care. I don't really care. LeBron is in the 17th season. He's won his three championships. Go ahead and have your farewell tour or wait until Bronny maybe attempts to be in the NBA and y'all play together and y'all could be the first father-son to play in the NBA. I I see what you're trying to do on, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. So this week we have the NBA draft that's going to happen on Thursday. All right, tomorrow. What are you guys' thoughts? Um, I'm looking forward to watching uh, RP3's draft coverage tomorrow. Um, I think it's on SUV TV. If I'm not mistaken, I'll drop the link later uh, in the comments so you guys can follow it. So I'm looking forward to see that because his takes are way better than everybody else because he actually watches the film and he studies, studies the draft prospects and he's just not giving you just gibberish. All right. He's not he's not going to tell you that Bo Bo should be a lottery pick. 
All right, Bobo is not a lottery pick. He's a good player, high upside. He's not a lottery pick. All right, go get him at 24, though. Go get him at 24, Denver. But don't you dare pick him at five or four, New Orleans. Don't do it. Leave Bobo toward the end of the first round. And, you know, I'm looking forward to watching that uh, coverage for the NBA draft. But, I mean, th like I said, this draft is top-heavy. Okay, Zion, John Morant, R.J. Barrett, one, two, and three, not changing. Four and beyond, a whole lot can happen. Cam Reddish can be in the mix. DeAndre Hunter can be in the mix. Darius Garland can be in the mix. You know, Jared Culver could be in the mix at number four, five, or six, but it don't matter. It's one, two, and three. All three players will have an immediate impact. All three. And I think R.J. Barrett has star potential. Of course, Zion has star potential because he's athletic. Stupid athletic. Hey, congratulations. The guy most aren't talking about is Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish can be a stud, too. I'm not sure I'll take him at four, though. So this draft is very, very, very top-heavy. And you're going to have somebody that slides under the cracks that goes later in the first round that has much more of an impact than maybe, you know, one of the top five guys taken. And the reason that is because those guys go to good teams. They go to teams that made the playoffs, it's already good, and if they see that you can add to what they're already doing, it's like, come on. The team nobody is talking about next year is the Spurs. The Spurs with a healthy Deontay Moore, DeJounte Murray. Watch out for the Spurs next season and watch the moves that they make. Okay. And I'm pretty sure they got a, a pick from Toronto out of that trade. So I'm not sure where what that does for the Spurs. But that's another team you need to watch out. Pop ain't he ain't playing. All right. Pop ain't, ain't cool from just being out of the first round of the playoffs. Pop saying he got some up his sleeve. So watch out for the Spurs, depending on who they draft. So this draft, very top heavy. If you're paying attention from four beyond, I mean, us hoop heads, we're going to watch the whole draft. But it ain't a whole lot going on. It's not. It ain't a whole lot going on. All right. You know, you went to the party. And you see the three baddest girls at the party. And you know you got no shot at any one of the three. But every guy in there thinks they do. That's this year's draft. That's this year's draft. It's top heavy. Looks good. Everybody wants the same players. Outside of that, I'm cool on the rest. So looking forward to see what happens this Thursday with the draft. You're going to see a ton of trades. You're going to see New Orleans dangle that number four pick to a lot of teams. They're going to dangle that four over to Washington. Like, what's it going to take for you to uh, take this pick and you give me Bradley Bill? What's it going to take? Charlotte, I give you the four pick and Lonzo Ball. Come on, sign a trade for Kimba. Come on, put Kimba with these young guys. All right, so you're going to see, you know, Atlanta got like three picks. Boston got like three picks. So you're going to see a lot of trades on draft day than you're accustomed to because, you know, people are trying to move up to take the players that they want.
So I want to see RP3's draft board because it's going to be very different from ESPN's. It's not going to be the same. He's not selling no narratives that shouldn't be sold. All right, so I'm looking forward to watching that. So with that being said, we'll watch the draft on Thursday. We'll come back next week and we'll, we'll critique it. But you can book the first three picks. Book them. Zion, John Morant, R.J. Barrett. Book it like Devin, baby. So before we move on from the NBA Finals and just the NBA talk, I want to talk NBA salaries. Uh, it's something I've been doing a little bit of research on. Just starting looking up what guys were making. And some of these some of these figures are just, they're astronomical. I mean, they're crazy numbers what some of these guys are making. And it was kind of astounding when I found out, because I didn't know, that Chris Paul was the second highest player in NBA. Had no idea Chris Paul was making $35 million a year. Supposed to make 38 uh, the following next year and then 40 after that. I mean, I can see why Houston is trying to get out of that deal because, man, that's a lot of money they owe that man. So I don't know who's going to take on that contract or what they're going to do, but Chris Paul is definitely not worth $35 million in my eyes. I just, I just don't think he is. So we, we're just going to talk about the list. You got Steph Curry at one, of course. Uh, I, I actually thought LeBron would be the highest played player in the NBA, but it's not. It's Steph Curry at $37 million this year and $40 million the next year. Uh, then you got two, Chris Paul, three is Russell Westbrook. So you mean to tell me there are three more players that make more money than LeBron James. That's crazy. LeBron James is number four. Blake Griffin is five. Gordon Hayward is six. Hold on, wait. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Gordon Hayward is the sixth highest player in the NBA. That's crazy. Blake Griffin is making $32 million this year. $34 million next year. I'm sorry, not Blake Griffin, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, 31 this year, 32 next year. You got to start, you got to perform like a top 10 player in this league then. If you're going to be making $30 plus million, we're going to need you not to be coming off the bench. But when Kyrie goes to another team outside of Boston, you, you're going to see him flourish. You're going to see Jason Tatum flourish. So you, you're going to get your money's worth when Kyrie is gone because he's ball dominant. But Man, number six for Gordon Hayward, that's, that's a lot of money. Number seven is Kyle Lowry. Oh, wow. Wow. Kyle Lowry at $31 million. Whew, man. I see why people was on his head. You make it $31 million, we're going to need you to perform big time. All right? Uh, number eight, you got Paul George. Number nine is Mike Conley, who just got traded. Okay, Memphis was like, we gave you the bag, but uh, take that bag to Utah. All right? They traded him for, I think it was Jay Crowder, uh, future first-round draft pick, the eighth pick, and it was another player involved in the trade. But they got they got Mike Conley up out of, up out of uh, Memphis. Uh, Utah is making deals. I mean, that's going to be interesting. Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell like to see that matchup in the West. Okay, they were already a good team. All right, but you put them with the pieces they got, man, That's I, I like that deal for Utah. I really do. Going forward, you got James Harden at ten. I I would I would think that James Harden would be higher. Actually, I didn't know Chris Paul made more money than James Harden. So that tells you where Houston valued their players. They value Chris Paul more than they value James Harden. James Harden is a potential MVP. Now I, I understand that you know Chris Paul moves the needle for him, but I don't. Ah, James Harden at, at ten, and then Kevin Durant at eleven is nuts. But that's just me. Paul Millsap at 12, Al Horford, who just declined his option 
for uh, 2019, 2020, which was a $30 million option. Not quite sure why he would decline $30 million unless he's going to restructure his deal in order to bring another max player in there because they get rid of Kyrie. Uh, but I don't know why you would, if, if I'm Al Horford, I don't know why you decline at $30 million. Okay. Uh, at 14, you got Damian Lillard, 27. It's about right. DeMar DeRozan at 27, about right. Chris Bosh made $26 million this year. Otto Porter making $26 million. That's a lot of money for Otto Porter. And to, to round up, uh, at 18, you've got uh, Drew Holiday making $25 million, CJ McCullum making $25 million. And Carmelo Anthony got bought out last year, and he's making $25 million. So now you're starting to see some guys opt in or opt out of their contracts with free agency coming up. Like I said, Al Horford just declined his option. Harrison Barnes just declined his option for $25 million. And somebody's going to throw him a bag. Somebody's going to throw him a bag. I mean, as, as much as people like to hate on this game, it's kind of basic, uh, very fundamental. He's getting you 18 a game. You know, he is not like one of them guys is getting 10 a game. He's giving you consistently 18 to 21 points a game. I mean, in some cases, look at Otto Porter. Otto Porter's making $25 million. He can do what Otto Porter's doing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you get what you pay for. Pay that man. He might mess around and get 30. No, nah, I don't think he's as effective as Paul Millsap, Al Horford, or Damian Lillard. You know, those guys, but I just think somebody's going to throw him a bag. I mean, why not? Throw your chance in the fire. Try to get you a max player. Hey, he's probably the cheapest max player you're going to get. And you could probably get him for like $26, 27000000 million. And like I said, that would be top 20 in the league. So that's a max player. If you're top 20 in the league, you're, the, you're a max player. So go ahead and give Harrison Barnes his money. Al Horford, on the other hand, he's not getting $30 million. He's not. He's not. I just think that position, you know, guys can do what he do. He's no longer a 2012 kind of guy. Um, you know, you're starting to see more more bigs being able to stretch the floor and make the three. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is making the three now. Corbera is stretching it out now. Embiid is stretching it out now. Uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of expendable. Um, is he a good player? Yes. I mean, he's kind of like Marcus Hall. Marcus Hall make a $24 million. But it's like, you know, he can stretch the three. He can... You can find those points in other places and for cheaper. So I hope he has the right agent that's going to find him another team that's going to pay him that money because Boston isn't isn't going to – it's not going to be at Boston. And maybe he restructured in order to – for maybe he's being a nice guy, you know, putting some more money in the pot to get more players. But um, at this stage of your career, I don't know why you would do that. But, hey, maybe he really wants a ring. You never know. Uh, but but these salaries are are key going into the draft because and the teams are starting to make a move. They're starting to you know trade some picks, getting some movement. You know Atlanta's got a bunch of picks, Boston's got a bunch of picks. What are they going to do with them? There's going to be some movement, and they're going to be more trades. It's not going to be the only trade today. They're going to be trades tomorrow. So pay attention to that because it starts and ends with the money. We talking hoops, baby. That was a a nice extensive. Uh, segment that we did on the NBA Finals in the draft and salaries going into the draft tomorrow's draft. Uh, so that was pretty big. So we had a lot of NBA hoops to talk about. So what's left? Still got some college and some high school hoops that we can talk about. Let's talk about LaMelo. Let's talk about LaMelo deciding to go to Australia. Now, the thing about Melo going, everybody knew LaMelo wasn't going to play in college. Everybody knew that, right? I did, you did, if you're still listening by now, you did as well. 
Uh, the thing about him playing in the NBL, that's a legit league. Like, that is legit. Like, I've got players playing in Australia, and they don't play NBL. They play NBL 1, which is just under. It's kind of like the G League uh, for Australian hoops, and they're making pretty good money in the NBL League, NBL 1 League, which means the NBL League is the top league. So that's the league Andrew Bogut was playing in when he was in Australia. So um, he's going to get he's gonna get paid a nice amount of money. He's going to get paid a nice amount of money. But that league is legit. So I can see maybe some of the top teams in the league weren't going to go for him because they are who they are. Now, I didn't get a chance to look up the, I think it's the Illawarra Hawks he decided to play with. But I'm willing to guess they're not a top five team in that league. I'm willing to bet that they're probably a bottom half team. Now, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to look it up. And they're able to make a gamble uh, to bring on a high school kid to come in and run their team. Uh, but the, the top teams in that league, they're not paying LaMelo Ball. I'm sorry. Mm, they're not doing it. They bring over somebody like Mike James, you know, somebody like that. Uh, maybe Mike James might be a little bit too old. Um, maybe like a, like a Trey Burke, you know. You, you get those guys that are just they're in the NBA. You know, Derek Walton, like guys that are in the NBA, had a little bit of success, didn't get a second contract. And looking to make some money. I mean, they pay they pay a good money, a good a good amount of money. So that contract he's gonna get, it's gonna be a nice one. It's gonna be a nice one, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I would rather see him play in Australia than in the college basketball, because his game he don't have a college level game. Like you put him on Duke's team, and I, I don't know. No disrespect to how the, the college game is played. I just don't see Lamelo Ball playing in college, and I don't see him having the. Um, not not necessarily the work ethic, but having to drive to play in college when he, you know he's not going to go to class. You know he's just there to hoop for a year and then go to the NBA. Go and get paid now. Go get paid now and then go to the NBA. You ain't got to go to college. And I think it's going to be more players that do it too. There's going to be more and more players until they let the guys from high school go to the league. So if you don't, if you don't allow the guys to go from high school to the league, it's going to continue to happen. And I ain't mad at them. Get your money. Get your money. If I had the opportunity right now to make 150000 coaching in wherever, you know, my wife might be like, look, I'm going to stick around for a year. Let me know how it is. And you go get that money. Look, people make sacrifices for money all the time. I'm not mad at a 17-year-old kid for doing it. If I was 17 and you offer me 150000 to do whatever as long as it's legal, I'm doing it. I'm sorry. That's just me. Especially as basketball involved. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's roll. Let's roll. So looking forward to seeing LaMelo and his progress. He looks like a polished player now. Now, they had some highlights. He went out to the Drew League and he played well out there. I think he dropped 25 on somebody. I don't know who he was playing, but he looks polished now. He don't look like a gimmick. A couple years ago, he looked like a gimmick. When him and Zion played in Vegas and it was like 20,000 people out there watching that game, he was a gimmick then. But now he's 6'8". The ball is on a string. He's got range on his shot. His body has developed a little bit. He's more athletic. He's put a little bit more pounds on his frame. He's a legit prospect. Him For him saying he wants to be the number one prospect in the 21, 2020 class, I can see that. I can see him going number one. Right now, I'll draft him number one. I'll draft him top ten this year's draft. To be quite honest with you, if he was in the draft this year, I'll draft him top ten. And I did not say top five. You know, I'm not taking him before Kobe White. I'm not taking him before... Uh, what's the other point guard? Uh, uh, Darius Garland. Not taking him before him too, but after those two, I need a guard. I, hey, I take I take a chance on Melo. Why not? Why not? So 
Uh, I can see him being a top 10 pick in this year's draft. Next year, who else, who else came back to college or who's coming out of high school after a year that you can say, is R.J. Hunter, is he going to be a number one pick? I mean, I'm, if I'm picking right now for next year's draft, yeah, I'm taking Melo. Melo going number one. I'm going to stamp that. I'm going to co-sign that, Melo. You want to be the number one player in the draft? I'm going to co-sign that. I think you are. I think you are. So we get a chance to watch his progress. It's overseas. But, you know, we'll see how he does with that. We have some team camps going on. Uh, I had the opportunity to, to work Grand Valley's team camp. And I was I was very impressed. I was No, it wasn't team camp. Elite camp. And they had about 50 kids there. Uh, I had no idea that they had three full courts in their arena, which was pretty dope. Uh, they just remodeled their locker rooms, and it looked, I thought I was at Michigan State. I mean, they've, if they don't have the best locker room in the GLIAC, I don't know who does. They for sure have the best facilities in the GLIAC, and it's not even close. And you don't notice that kind of stuff when you're in the fire with people, when you when you coach against guys in the same leagues. When I was at Saginaw Valley, I didn't really know like the kind of advantages that Grand Valley, they have the best facilities in the league. And it's, it's particularly not close. Football field got a million dollar scoreboard. Their arena sits if they if they fill it out, I think they sit six seven thousand people. You could put in there. So, you know, I went to their locker room and was really uh, impressed. I was really impressed. They had like the food counter. Uh, they had brand new uh, locker rooms for each guy where you can plug in your iPod and individually. They had a speaker in the wall, so you don't have to plug in. Um, a speaker for Bluetooth. They had it already attached to the wall underneath the um, the flat screen, and it was just really nice. It was really nice. I, I I enjoyed their their locker room updates. It's really cool. So I had the chance to work their camp, and uh, it was some campers there that that I enjoyed working with. Uh, it was a couple kids out of Illinois, a couple big kids that played well. Um, the wing that plays on my team, Jared Larry, who attends Grand Rapids Christian. Um, he was one of the top players there, Jared Larry, 2021 class. I uh, was a 2022 kid there that a lot of D1s have been calling about. Um, and he was really good, too. I don't have the roster in front of me. I'm going to get that to you next week where I get you the, the kid's name, but he could play, too. So there were there are some guys. Kobe Wiggins was on my team. He looked well. Drew Hess, uh, guard uh, from up north, from Mayo, I think it is. He played well, too. So, um uh, Really impressed with the collection of talent that they had. They clearly had guys that they're college level guys, and it was a good camp. It was a good camp. Uh, the coaches and the parents enjoyed my energy, as everybody does whenever I work at camp. And then they try to ask, like, are you coaching here? It's like, no, nah, kind of free agent. <coughs> there were other college coaches there uh, looking at talent. So the new coach at Alma was there. The new coach at Olivet was there and the new coach at Calvin was there. <laughs> so I asked all the coaches, is this the new coach's orientation or something? And, you know, they got a good kick out of that. But they had the opportunity to watch some really talented guys that might fall to their level. They might play Division Two. A couple of them might play Division One. There was a couple guys in there who had the opportunity to play Division One. So um, I know there are some coaches who listen to my podcast, so I, I'm not going to say the exact names of the prospects who are doing really well. Of course, I can mention guys that play for me because um, I don't want to give a competitive advantage to anybody. Do your homework. You want to see these guys get get on the road, go to elite camp and, and work. I'm not going to do your work for you. 
Sometimes I will, but right now I ain't. Give me a job. You want? You really want to know who did well? Give me a job. All right. So what I did want to explain is what is an elite camp and what is a prospect camp? All right. For people that don't know, uh, if you go to a school and they're offering an elite camp or a prospect camp, first of all, it's not elite. Okay. It's just a, it's a nice term they use to get you to go to a different individual camp. Okay, or college prospect camp. That's why I tried to call mine college prospect because that's what they are. You're looking for prospects Uh, in some situations, uh, maybe at the lower levels. It's it's a money grab where you try to get as many players as possible. But to be quite honest, the, the schools in Michigan, when they're given elite camps and prospect camps, they are looking for prospects. They are looking to recruit you. So if you come to my prospect camp, I'm looking for prospects. Prime example we had a kid come to our prospect camp who didn't do very well. And it very could have well costed him an opportunity in him for him to play on our team. But I encouraged our staff to go watch him some more. Just go watch him again. I know he was bad at our camp. Find out why he was bad. Let's go watch him some more. And you go watch him some more and you figure out, oh, okay, the kid can really play, ends up getting the offer, ends up, you know, uh, playing one year for the school. So, you know, you have those opportunities available for you. You have the opportunity to play in front of a coaching staff for three or four hours and they're evaluating talent. So I'm at Grand Valley and I had a pretty good team. We went to an O. We won both our games by double figures, but I had a pretty some pretty good teams, some players. So at each game, the head coach, Rick Wesley, was watching both games. And I called one time out and I said, well, in order for you to be what you want out of a prospect camp is you want the head coach to watch you. Whether you're doing the stations, where you're playing games, you want the head coach to notice you. And if he's watching your games, best believe he's watching somebody on the court. All right. So if you play the right way, if you do what you're supposed to do, you'll get a look. And that's what these camps are for. These camps are to find those guys that you can get more information on and you can find out who's interested in you. So those 50 or 60 kids that came to Grand Valley, you already know there's an interest there. So if any one of those kids can play and you sit them down at the table and say, look, we want to offer you a scholarship, they're, they're going to be excited about that. They're, they're going to want to, you know, you already know that there is an interest for your school. And that's what half of, half of it is about. You know, recruiting is about, you know, finding the good enough players that you're interested in that are also interested in you, especially at the Division II level. So GLIAC schools, don't waste your time with the guy with two or three Division I offers. He ain't playing D2, all right? Stop chasing the Brian Taylors of the world. Guy has a couple low major D1 offers, and you think he's going to play Division II? He's not. He didn't come to your prospect camp. He didn't come to your team camp. And even if they did, you didn't pay you no mind. He still has two Division I offers. He ain't going D2. Stop paying the, pay attention to the Reese Hazeltons of the world, the guys that for right now, should be playing in the GLIAC, and he's committed to play at Fair State, but he was at he was at our league camp. I think he went to Ferris League camp, and he went to Grand Valley's league camp. I wonder who's who offered him. I know Ferris offered him. I know Saginaw Valley offered him. I know Grand Valley offered him. Well, he went to their camp. So if you want these schools to recruit you, don't just go to their team camp. Go to their elite or prospect camps, all right, and let the staff know that you're coming. That's where they can do their homework. And they figure out, is this kid good enough to, to fit what we need? You know, every school has needs. They might need a guard. They might need a big. They might need a stretch four. They might need a defender. Who's tell, who knows what their needs are? But if you fit them and you go to their camp and they think that you find fit, they will recruit you. 
So that's the point of these prospect camps. I don't think people really understand how important a prospect camp is, because if you really want somebody to be on their board, you show up as much as possible. You go to both your prospect camps, go to their team camps, go to their games, you know, call the coach, try to go to a practice, show that you're interested in them. And if if the interest isn't mutual, maybe it has nothing to do with whether you can play on their team or not. Maybe it has everything to do with fit or need. You know, there was a kid that came to all of our open gyms all the time, but the need wasn't there for his position. Really liked the kid, thought he's a really good player, but we didn't have the need for his position. You know, we got two of the top guards in the league. Why would we bring in another guard just to sit behind those two guys for two or three years? So that wasn't a position for need for us. The position for need for us was in the post. So we're looking at post players. Guards would come a dime a dozen. We didn't need one. So, you know, it always also boils down to that, too. So college, high school prospects, get to those elite camps. Find out when Grand Valley's is. It was a really good one. Find out when Ferris's is. Theirs is good. All right. Find out when Northwoods is. You, you, you get where I'm going with that. All right. So go to elite camps. Go to prospect camps. Something else that was interesting that happened this week in the news that kind of fell under the radar. Uh, Bellarmine University, who's a, a powerhouse in Division II basketball, they're going to be playing Division One, Not next year, but the year after that, they're going to be playing in the A-Sun Conference. Um, and I think that's pretty huge. I mean, you talk about a Division II school that was a powerhouse. It's now going to go from D2 to D1. You're going to have to recruit some different players. I, I mean, I understand that they were a powerhouse at the D2. They're top 10 almost every year. Uh, we played them last year, and they were number one in the country. And they played like it. But you, you have to get – you can't have the best D2 players. You got to have – you know, you got to have some higher level players in order to beat Division One. But I think there can in, in that area, that Louisville, Kentucky, Southern Indiana area. There are a lot of really good players in that area. Lots of them. So especially out of Kentucky. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go Division One and they're able to, you know, ha- handle their own. Kind of like Oakland did. Oakland went Division One and they, they've been able to hold their own for 20 years. And nobody would ever know that Oakland used to play in the GLIAC. I want to say 1998, 97, Oakland was in the GLIAC. So, you know, there are a lot of schools that like that, that, that can make the jump. I wouldn't be surprised if Wayne State makes the jump in a few years, too. Would not be surprised. With the $25 million facility that they're building down in, in downtown Detroit, wouldn't be surprised in a, few, a couple of years they try to do it. And maybe they get some backing from Joyke Bell and maybe some of these other guys to put some money in the pot. But I would not be surprised if they do it and join the Horizon League or the MAC League and now uh, Little Caesars Arena is in play. It's in play because now you, you've got a true host city. Uh, not to say that Detroit wasn't a good host city for Little Caesars Arena, but you got Wayne State, they right down the street. you know. So you could see that coming up. And also in college basketball, you had June 15th. June 15th just passed for the class of 2021. And what that means is on June 15th, you can recruit. So basically you can find out uh, those juniors, those guys that are going to be juniors, you can find out what schools are interested in you. So you might see some tweets of some 2021 guys. You know, this kid heard from these schools. Uh, the hot names out there are Parker Day. Parker Day is hearing from some D1 and D2 schools. Brody Parker, he's another hot name. Uh, it's been hearing from a lot of schools. Julian Lewis, 
Uh, it's another hot name that's been hearing from a lot of D1 schools. Um, Kobe, um, what's it? Uh, the, the kid Kobe from uh, Grand Rapids Christian. Uh, he's been hearing from a lot of schools too. So um, that date is huge for the 2021 class. You really get to find out who's recruiting you and you get the opportunity to, you know, announce, you know, what schools are called, which I don't like. I don't like saying that, you know, this kid has heard from these four or five schools because it's just, I, I don't like it. I don't like having to announce who called you. All right. Just because you get a phone call don't mean somebody is truly interested in you. If you get an offer, I, I, hey, if you get offered by a school, go ahead and announce it. Go ahead and announce it. I know uh, uh, Kobe has been picking up offers left and right. Plays for the family, and he should. Killer's a cold-blooded killer. But I don't need you to announce who called you. All right? Making a phone call is easy. Making an offer is very different. So those are just two different things. Just want to explain uh, what the June 15th meant for the 2021 class. Shouts out to those kids. And if you didn't get a call, if you didn't get a text, get your butt in the gym. Don't complain nobody but yourself. Don't complain to your trainer or your coach or why such and such. If, anybody, if nobody called you, if your phone didn't ring and get a text, get up and get in the gym and work on your game, period. Because it could happen. It could happen. If Fred Van Vliet can go from being undrafted to making $8 million a year, you think that happened because he just laid around and he pouted about it? No. He got up. He got, his, got working on his game and he got better. And he produced. When it was time for him to shine, he produced. And that's what I'm going to need some of you guys to do when it's time for you to shine. Produce. Go to those elite camps and show out. Make them coaches offer you. And when they don't, they look, they look silly because people know, like, hold on, this guy, the best player here, how you not offer him? So get if your phone didn't ring, get in the gym, get to working. And other than that, you're going to wrap up this week, man. This your coach, who knows who's the most, episode nine, feeling fine. We out of here, man. We're going to see y'all next week. We're going to talk about the NBA draft, the impacts, the trades that happened during the draft, tomorrow's draft. Looking forward to it. But like I've said before, it's very top heavy. So don't be uh, confused about picks through after four or five. Just don't even worry about it, especially second round. Don't even worry about new picks. Top heavy draft. We're going to talk about that next week. And other than that, I'll holler. Buckle up for this ride. That's what you need to do. Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops. Kid, kid, we talking hoops.